What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Mafia Podcast NBA Edition. We are continuing our mini-series, breaking down each and every NBA roster, giving a recap of the 2019-2020 season, and then looking forward to their upcoming offseason, which is right around the corner. Today's topic of conversation is the Brooklyn Nets, so we are rolling with our playoff teams from last season. My name is Jordan Jaika, a.k.a. Dr. Fantasy, and I am here with my co-host, as always, the Fantasy Caveman. I will dive right into recapping the 2019-2020 season for the Brooklyn Nets. They were 35-37 and 37 last year, finished as the seventh seed in the East. They had two uh, coaches split time last year. Kenny Atkinson was 28-34. and 34. Jock Vaughn was 7-3 and three during his time as head coach. They moved on and they hired Steve Nash, which I know has been in the news quite a bit. And I'll get your thoughts in a few minutes if you like that move. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Steve Nash. I think he's a great leader on the court. It sounds like he has a great connection with Kevin Durant. So I think this is uh, has the potential to be a great uh, hire here. They did end up getting swept by the Raptors in the first round, 4-0. to zero. I don't think many, uh, I know you and I didn't expect them to get swept. They played really tough defense, but injuries really riddled this team in the bubble. <laughs> they were a shell of themselves in the bubble, and they really struggled. So their roster was not the same, but there's a bright outlook moving forward with Kevin Durant coming back, Kyrie uh, playing a full season. Hopefully there's a lot of excitement here. So I'll roll through their season leaders last year, and then we'll kind of start to look forward a little bit, but. Their point leader was Kyrie Irving, who did play 20 games for them, averaged 27.4 points. Spencer Dinwiddie was second with 20.6. Karis LeVert was third with 18.7 points. Then you had Joe Harris with 14.5 points. Tareen Prince with 12.1. I combined points and Prince there. Tareen Prince with 12.1 points. Um, We have to mention Timothy Cabaret. He uh, was very yes. good in the bubble, and we mentioned that several times, or Cabaret, sorry. I kept saying Cabaret because I wanted to be a fancy French man, but <laughs> it's uh, Timothy Cabaret. Uh, he actually led the team in the bubble, averaged about 15 points, averaged 16 in the playoffs. So through next year, too. Yep. So he, uh, but, you know, I think he, he did enough to earn himself. He'll probably be, he'll be around next year for him. Yeah, definitely. He'll be a role player for him and uh, definitely showed some improvements and definitely uh, his stock rose during the bubble here. So he'll definitely be an important piece, off, most likely off the bench for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, other leaders, DeAndre Jordan led the team in rebounds with 10 per game. Interesting to note, he only played 22 minutes per game and I believe he only started six games. So yeah, this was the same DeAndre Jared. Jordan. Yep, Jared Allen was primarily starting, and he was second on the team in rebounds with 9.6, and Tareen Prince with 6. Their assist leader was Spencer Dinwiddie with 6.8, Kyrie Irving in second with 6.4, Karis LeVert in third, 4.4. Steel leader, also Kyrie Irving, while he played during his 20 games with 1.4, Karis LeVert with 1.2. Their block leader was Jared Allen, who started at center form at 1.3. So that's it for their season leaders. I'll kick it over to Caveman, and he'll tell you who was he, he was impressed with and get the conversation rolling. Okay. Uh, first, uh, start their plus-minus leader was Joe Harris at plus 1.2. All right. So you, you, so you know that little tidbit of information. Uh, 
quickly before we get into the actual players, uh, we talked about it when it happened. We kind of did it. It was kind of like a, I believe it was kind of a mid-live announcement that Steve Nash was uh, hired as the Nets head coach. We said that I, I love the hire. I mean, I mean, I think when it, when you talk, especially when you got a team like the Nets and you got the the two superstars, you know. You kind of have to please the two superstars. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, you bring in a coach that they don't like, and it's just going to go horribly wrong for you. But the fact that Kevin Durant really likes Steve Nash, and Steve Nash, you want to talk about kind of like the old school point guard, you know, him and that the him and Amari Stoudemire days. That that I mean, that's that's kind of more of old school stuff that I actually enjoyed. I didn't really enjoy too much of the old, like the old school way, but him and Stoudemire was a hell was a hell of a combo. I think him, I think his skill set can translate to to being a successful head coach. I mean, you gotta kind of wait and see. You kind of you he is kind of a bit of an unknown how these situations of former players turning with no previous head coaching experience. So I get the little bit of skepticism, you know, with no head coaching experience, but it's not like no, it's not, it's not like this is something that's never happened before. So I think you got a thank great, great opportunity for Nash. And I'm really, I'm hoping that uh, this works out for him. Uh, as far as guys that impressed me, I mean, you already mentioned uh, Cap. Cabaret. Is it Cabaret or Cabaret? Cabaret. Uh I mean, he was impressive in the bubble. So, I'll just say that. Uh, but I think you got to look at uh, Karis LeVert. And he didn't... He, I mean, he was hurt for a, a decent part of the year. He didn't play... He played in 30-something games, I believe. I'm, I'm not, I forgot the exact number, but I believe it was around 30 or so. 30-something games. But... He, like I said, he averaged 19 points, four rebounds, four assists. And we were talking about this uh, before we before we started here. But the biggest, now that when you talk about Karis LeVert, you talk about the biggest thing is, does, I believe that he fits with the Nets going forward. But there's a lot of sense around their front office and their big decision makers that, He's he's not the third third he can't be the third star that they're that they're looking for so they might be trying to package him with some other pieces to go and get that third superstar. What is your? I mean, I'm curious to get your 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 thoughts on that real quick. What do you think about the Nets looking to shop Levert to try to get that third superstar? So, I mean, like, let's first look at the teams that are left in the NBA playoffs right now. The Miami Heat, how many superstars do they have? One and a bunch of role players. Yeah. How many do the Boston Celtics have? I would say only one at this point. And some guys that could get there with Jalen Brown. I think Jason Tatum's that boy, is that guy. He's yeah, super- he's definitely the number one I right now. But I'm I- somewhere between all-stars. Not quite a superstar. Definitely all-star, but somewhere... Same with Jalen Brown, but they, def- they they have, yeah, only one superstar. So, I mean, it's definitely not a Kyrie and Kevin Durant combination. And then you have the Lakers. How many superstars do they have? Two. The Clippers, how many do they have? 
two. How many do the Rockets have? Two. So my question is, do you need a third superstar? Or is that just the thing of the a past few years? I think you need to build a more complete team. Because, you know, I think it shows when you have three superstars, you just can't afford depth. I mean, that's the reality of it. And the Nets, I would say right now, with their roster, how it's constructed, if they bring Joe Harris back too, this is the deepest roster in the NBA. I was counting the number of quality guys that they have to play minutes. It's 11. And I mean, these are guys not like, yeah, they're okay. I mean, these are names that everybody knows. So for me, if you can keep those two superstars, Karis LeVert, and Spencer Dinwiddie, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording, I think they can make up defensively for what Durant and Kyrie Irving lack, too. I think they're perfect complements, and I don't think you need another superstar. I've read a lot of rumors, actually, that they've been looking at potentially pairing Dinwiddie or maybe Karis LeVert or a combination for DeMar DeRozan to the Spurs uh, because the Spurs are trying to move on from DeRozan. I mean, that's an interesting fit, but I wouldn't get rid of my depth to get DeMar DeRozan personally. I I think DeMar DeRozan's better than Karis LeVert. Oh, he's definitely better than both of those. But if you have to give up LeVert plus picks plus a few depth pieces for DeRozan, that's stupid. I mean, don't do that. They're constructed right now. And I know you thought, because I don't like Kyrie Irving. As a Spurs fan, you should be encouraging that. Oh, man. Yeah, as a Spurs fan, I'd love it. But if you're the Nets, you're stupid. Are you kidding me? That'd be so dumb. But, I mean, the reality is, and I know I've mentioned before I don't like Kyrie Irving, but this team right now, the way that it's constructed, can win a championship right now. I think they're constructed similarly to how the Pistons with Chauncey Billups were, except that they have two superstars. It's like putting that solid team Plus, you add two superstars. So this is a team that will 100% be in the championship contention conversations if they keep this roster. I just don't like when people start tinkering and toying. And you have a great roster. Play it out. Don't worry. If you play through the season and maybe they don't mesh well, that's a different conversation. But I don't see any reason they can't. So I uh, I like how they're constructed. And they I, I always say don't get cute. And this is an opportunity. Don't get cute. Play it out. They can beat the Bucks easily right now, I think, in the playoffs. The <laughs> Bucks have shown themselves to be very vulnerable. And there's no reason they can't compete with the Celtics, the Heat, any of the Raptors, any of these top teams. So they need to just see it through and let it play out. Yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of I mean that that's been might be may have been it's been the biggest storyline surrounding the Nestus offseason is, you know, that those rumors there. So yeah, I mean, other other than other yeah, other than Karis LeVert, I mean, the kind of injuries kind of prevented anybody from being overly impressive. You know, not a their their core group of guys didn't really play together that much. They, I mean, not just in the bubble, but they were kind of injury riddled the like the entire year. Like Dinwiddie missed time, LeVert missed time, but like everybody missed time. So. Uh, Jared, Jared Allen, I think he showed some, he showed some real flashes as well as kind of like that, uh, solid, solid rim protector and a guy, especially, I think he met, he meshes very well with Ke- uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You put a uh, Jared Allen kind of as like a stopper in the middle for him. Uh, DeAndre Jordan at this point, like, I does he... Like, who really cares that he's in the league at this point? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, but Jared Allen, I think, fits very well with uh, 
Durant and Kyrie. So I'm kind of, that's going to be a big interesting piece, especially when we talk about the Nets and obviously the offensive firepower that Kyrie and Durant bring, but then you kind of anchor them defensively with Jared Allen. And then you're really, you're talking about something. here. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. Uh, Let's go over their current depth chart right now. I mean, I was, uh, I was impressed with Jared Allen as well. I think he can anchor a defense. He's impressive on that end. His offensive game isn't fantastic, but when you have Kyrie and Durant, how fantastic do they need him to be on the offensive end? Is something that's going to have to be. He. That's why I think that's part of the reason why he didn't play as many. He he struggled with those fouls. Yep. That's for sure. So as the uh, depth chart stands right now, at the point we've mentioned most of these names. Kyrie Irving starting at the one, Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench. And, I mean, we didn't even really talk about Dinwiddie being impressive, but the guy averaged over 20 points this season. And I realized they had a lot of injuries, but he still was very solid on that end as well. And he's always been a pesky, annoying, good defender. And I think he's kind of their version of Marcus Smart here. Um, and actually, he's probably very comparable to Marcus Smart, honestly. And and, and Spencer Dinwiddie was on an episode a while now. So well, that's all that matters now. Why do they they think they need a third superstar and they have a guy that was out in wild and out? I don't just going off topic a tad here, but I don't know if you I don't know if you obviously I, I know you've heard I know you've heard of the show. They kinda did the 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 let me ho- let me let me holler with the with the with the women and he was he, he was the guy that, you know, they were hitting on and that was hilarious. You gotta check that. You got to check that out with Spencer Dinwiddie. I haven't seen that one. I will. You got to check that out. Uh, Let's see. Did I say the two? I don't even remember if I did. I'll say it again. Uh, Their starting shooting guard is Karis LeVert. Behind him right now, they have Garrett Temple. Tyler Johnson is also their third point guard and third two guard. Um, We'll mention him in a minute here. Their starting three, if Joe Harris is still on the roster, is Joe Harris. They have Cabarro behind him and Garrett Temple, who's a nice veteran off the bench as well. Right now, their starting four is listed as Kevin Durant. Behind him, they have Tareen Prince, Cabarro at center. Then you have, you're kind of set with Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan as of right now. So let's talk. I'll bring up their few free agents while I'm talking about it, and then kick it over to Caveman here. <clears throat> Joe Harris is probably the biggest name right now. Uh, you mentioned Cabarro earlier. He had a non-guaranteed contract that the Nets can choose to guarantee. I don't see why they wouldn't at this point. It's a for $1.8 million, so I would expect Cabarro to be back. Uh, but Joe Harris is a free agent. Wilson Chandler, who's on the roster apparently. Uh, Jamal Crawford, they signed in the bubble, so he's technically on their payroll right now. A bunch of names that they filled in because they needed warm bodies for the bubble realistically here. When you talk about Lance Thomas, Tyler Johnson, Justin Anderson, Donta Hall, two guys that were on two-way contracts. This is for Caveman, Jeremiah Martin, and Chris Chioza. Uh, So that's uh, their upcoming free agents. What notes do you have, Caveman? I mean, I I remember you you were hearing – when we were t- when, when when I was doing the daily recap for the bubble, Jeremiah Martin and Chris Ch- whatever Ch- Ch- Chuiza, I don't even I don't even know. That, that's a weird that's a weird combination there. But they were he, they were often among their leaders every night and they were. Stuff. I mean, granted that's not saying much. <laughs> I think obviously I think 
Joe Harris is a bit interesting name, but you know, I don't see. I think the pretty much the consensus around the league is that they're not going to be able to retain him. Mm-hmm. He's very likely going to be somewhere else next season. And that's just the reality of the situation. They're they're how they're set up currently. They can't they can't afford. They already they're paying Kyrie. They're paying Kevin Durant. You can't you can't then pay Joe Harris, who based on his excellent three point shooting. It's gonna command over twenty million, probably in the twenty-four million dollar range or something. Not gonna get a max deal. I mean, that'd be insane for Joe Harris to get a max deal just because of his shooting. But he's gonna get over twenty million. That's just not. Don't think the Nets obviously can't afford that. So, I mean, Garrett Temple has that club option for four point seven. I mean, not terrible, but. Uh, I mean, for a guy of his caliber, that's pretty solid. That's a pretty solid uh, price. So I, I could see them picking that up. But yeah, as far as Joe Harris is interesting, but at the same time, not really because they're there's little to no chance they're going to be able to keep him. Yeah, they do have the fourth highest salary cap right now. So not a lot of space. I don't think that they'd be able to afford that contract unless they made some cuts elsewhere and I'm not really seeing unless they make some deals where that money's coming from. So most likely I think they would sign him if they had the cap for it, but oh, yeah. it's just a matter of especially with Cabarro coming through, he definitely can play some tough minutes for him. But one thing, let's focus on it because I think it's gonna be a big topic conversation and we've kind of mentioned already is just if they should trade for someone and I've talked about it a little bit but I'm going to throw yeah. some names out there and see what you think okay. so number one uh I mentioned Kevin Durant starting at the four right now so there's some rumors that they're going to be searching for kind of like a mid-level guy that can play the four for them because realistically if they lose Joe Harris you could just say Durant plays a three and then move someone into those four minutes uh there's some rumors Cabarro might just fill that in but uh there's they've been connected to Aaron Gordon recently that's an interesting name. That I think that, you know, we've mentioned he has that upside. He hasn't been a superstar, but if you throw him in this environment, that's interesting. But here's seven superstar players that beat writers. Of seven? Seven. Uh, seven. Su- and these are superstars, I would say. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, borderline, but I'm going to throw out these names and these okay. uh, come from beat writers and I'm going to see who you think fits in the best. So I'm going to list the names and then I'll let you roll. Okay. Um, and this is going in reverse order of their caliber. So number seven is LaMarcus Aldridge. Six okay. is Zach Levine. Five, Ben Simmons. Four, Joel Embiid. Three, Donovan Mitchell. Two, Devin Booker. And one, Bradley Beal. Wow, I don't, th- I don't see how many of those are realistic. They've been reported by beat writers. I mean, been guys have been yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess if you had the... Boy, if you had, if I had the, I don't know. I think realistically, I could see them getting a guy like Demarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I, I'm just thinking on the more realistic side. I think that's something they could probably actually pull off. And I think that would be a. They, I think he would kind of fit very well in that in in what they're gonna tr- try to do there. But if they, if you're talking about if the I know that you aren't a fan of them getting a third superstar, but if you put Bradley Beal 
<laughs> on the Brooklyn Nets, and you have Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant. How? I don't care what kind of success super teams or what kind of success teams are having now with only two. If you have the opportunity to pair Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant together on the same team, you do it. I mean, come on now. I know, I know you're not a fan of it, but Bradley. Yeah, I mean. Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Come on now. That's instant title contention. Yeah, I mean, for me, Bradley Beal wouldn't even be my number one option. I mean, <clears throat> I love Devin Booker. I've mentioned before. Okay. I mean, he's 23 years old still. I think he can he can play off the ball a little bit. I mean, Bradley Beal can too, but. Um, I'm thinking more I, realistically. Like, I think Bradley Beal's more realistic for them to get than Devin Booker. I think the Suns, I think the Suns are more, I think the Suns are going to be more inclined to keep Booker than the oh, Wizards yeah. will Beal. Because, I think, yeah. I mean, realistically, I don't think either one of them are going to leave either situation, but. I think Bradley Beal could. He's, he's, good. I a think lot Bradley of- Beal wants, I think. Jordan parts are Bradley Beal wants to stay in Washington, but because he did sign what like a two-year extension or something like that, or he signed like a little. Because I'm pretty sure he has like two more years under contract. Bradley Beal, but yeah, I mean Bradley Beal for me. I mean he. Don't get me wrong, he would fit in really well with them. I mean I think he is realistic as well too. He. Uh, I mean, Washington's not going to win. If this guy wants to win a championship, why not go to a championship contender? I mean, an interesting name, and I thought maybe you would say him, um, is the Donovan Mitchell. Because I know you mentioned several times some worries yeah. about the, that team chemistry there. Yeah. And if that those worries or that's an actual concern that they have internally, I mean, it might make sense to move on from Donovan Mitchell. And I think he would be an interesting fit next to them. As far as any of those big guys like Joel Embiid, I don't think makes sense. Zach Levine, from what I've heard, wants to be the man on his team, and so I don't think he'd want to play third fiddle. Um, oh, you know, maybe he's the man in Chicago. He is. I mean, that's what he likes. Ben Simmons, I think, would be a terrible fit. I think that's then, like the fact that he's in Chicago and he's kind of. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to be too harsh and say he put up empty numbers. Yeah, oh, he did. It kind. It. That's what it kind of like. He appeared, I mean, he's very talented, and he's a star, for sure. But it seems like, playing on the Bulls, he looks a lot better than he actually than he actually is. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Joel Embiid, not, I mean, Joel, I don't, I don't, I don't like Joel Embiid at all. It doesn't make sense either. I mean, what do you, that personality, I don't think, would mesh very well <laughs> with that situation. With Steve, with the mind, with like the, the Steve Nash is gonna kind of bring more of a no nonsense mindset, and kind of not be like really strict. But I don't think him. I don't think Steve Nash and Joel Embiid would match well together at all. So I don't. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I mean, so but Lamarcus Aldridge is a realistic. Like I wouldn't be shocked if that's if they end up going that route so i don't think it'll be expensive either because his contract is so big right now the spurs just want to move on from it 
So realistically, you could probably get Aldridge for a pretty, maybe even a couple draft picks. You might not, well, they're going to have to flip some contracts because they wouldn't have space for them. But yeah, I mean, I think if they can make it financially work, that would make sense. They could slot him right in at that four, and uh, I think he would fit in pretty well. I also do think DeRozan would fit in well with the Nets. I just don't think that they should give up the farm for him. So I think it's an interesting offseason for the Nets because they can stay put in their championship contender, and they can also make moves and still be a championship contender. So I think it's going to be a really fun offseason. A lot of those names, I will say, they're probably not realistic, and those are just reports, but it's still fun to talk about. So if you're like, oh, you guys aren't being realistic, you're just no fun. I'm sorry. We're just uh, talking about some potential names. So let's uh, go. They do have a draft pick here. So as much as they probably aren't going to be active in free agency, more in the trade market, if anything, but they do have the 18th overall pick that they acquired. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about who they can potentially target there. I'll start off here. I think it can be a combination of one of two things. I mean, the first for me, if Joe Harris is leaving, I don't know if the scoring piece is as important because they have Kyrie and Kevin Durant coming back. But for me, I still think they need to focus on having some strong defenders surrounding those guys. So I'm looking at some of those mid-tier guys we've talked about before that have some defensive upside like Sadiq Bey and Josh Green. Um, or they could go the route if they're looking to fill that spot for the four. They could go a Jaden McDaniel from uh, Washington, who's 6'10". Maybe Precious Achua to fill in some minutes there. Uh, Patrick Williams probably won't make it that far, but he's a guy that can play some minutes at the four. So I think they're going to go one of those two ways, is either try to find a defensive-minded player that they can throw into the rotation or a guy that can play some minutes at the four for them. Yeah, you kind of you kind of you kind of hit on the two guys that I was looking. At. I was looking at uh, I was looking at uh, Sadiq Bay and Patrick Williams. I'm looking at the just looking at the latest uh, mock draft. Um, they definitely do not have them going that route. They have them taking Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. Mm. I mean. Uh, I mean, I think I think they're basically saying that he's gonna. I think I think a lot of people thought, at least for the Nets for the draft, is if they don't re-sign Joe Harris, they're just going to replace him in the draft. I think that's I think that's what a lot of people are getting at. And looking this over, I mean, I think uh, that's what they're thinking here with the. I mean, if that's what they're if that's what they're going to do. Uh, then I'd like Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey at that spot if that's what they're going to do. I don't think I, I'm with you. I don't think that's the route they should go. I don't think they need to. But yeah, I think you, you hit on the two names that I had down. But it's a lot of mocks that I've seen don't have them going that route and they have them going the, the replace Joe Harris route. So kind of getting a, a probably the best shooter available at that spot for them. And I believe that I said they had the 18th overall pick. They actually have the 19th overall. So I think I misspoke there, but either way they have a kind of a mid, uh, a mid round pick there, which is uh, nice for them because they traded one away and got another one back. So they uh, have some flexibility to add to that rotation realistically, because whoever they draft isn't going to be counted on to play big minutes right away. 
Ooh, you mentioned Josh. Man, Josh Green's falling in drafts for some reason. I have no idea why. But they have right now, man, just a little off topic because you brought up Josh Green. They have they have Josh Green signed all the way down to 24th. To yeah, the, so it's possible he'll be there for him. To the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I would love that. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> you, you, I would, you know I would never shut up. If if Josh Green went, he you know he as we know he's my favorite player in this draft. If they if they went if the Bucks got Josh Green, oh my! And I do <laughs> want to mention completely even more off topic that Marcus Howard has crept his way into mock drafts now. Is so that's he? even yeah. I'm looking at one uh, where he's going 56th overall to the Charlotte Hornets. So. I've seen, uh, I've clicked through a few, and a few of them have him sneaking in, though. He must be uh, really working out hard in quarantine here, so. Oh, I, um, that'd, be, that'd be nice, man. The late, yeah, I, I'd like it. I mean, it's off topic, but in today's NBA, if you can score like that, to me, you should get drafted, at least. And maybe he won't find a carve out a role, but he has enough offensive ability where it'd be dumb if he doesn't have a role. So, uh, completely off topic. Let's go back to the Nets here. Um, <laughs> I just We got to talk about Josh Green and Marcus Howard for some reason, but that's fine. Uh, let's go back. We only have to wrap up here by uh, looking forward to what we think they can do next season. I've already kind of mentioned it, but the Eastern Conference, I think at the top is really interesting, honestly. Um, but the Nets are going to be right in contention. And it's just another name to throw in the ring. And when you look at the Eastern Conference playoffs this year, they've been really fun. And what, we just wrapped up a great series with the Raptors and Celtics. The Heat are a fun team. The Bucks, even though I had a disappointing exit, they're still going to be in the conversation. Then you can definitely throw the Nets into that mix. I think that's the top five next year. If you ask me who's the favorite to win the championship, I mean, I think it's anybody's game, honestly. I would say the Nets may struggle in year one just because it may take some time to gel together. But realistically, by the time playoff basketball rolls around, they're going to be gelled. So uh, they could be a dangerous team come playoff time. And don't be surprised if they're in the championship conversation. Oh, yeah. They're 100. Even if they don't, which I, I have a strong feeling that Karis Levert will not be there next season. I think, yeah. they're, uh, I think there's opportunity for them to get a third superstar that they yep. want. I think there's opportunity for it. So I think they're definitely going to try to go that route. But uh, even as currently constructed, you're, you're talking, I mean, you, I mean, this is what you were, this is what we've been talking. That's what people have been, this is what people have been saying for an entire year now. I mean, this was basically a throwaway season. For the and next. they made the playoffs. Yeah. And they made the play, but that's what I think we didn't, I didn't mention about Kyrie, but I think, like that's why I mentioned surprised that Kyrie even played twenty games. I think it was basically like a just to throw him out there for a show, you know. I don't think really like they had much intention with Kyrie. I think they just like maybe they did it to avoid NBA fines or something like that. Probably to be honest with you. They probably did it to avoid some sort of NBA fines for sitting guys or whatnot or whatever, but Thing, yeah, looking forward to next season. They can't, they can compete with any team in the NBA next season. I mean, there's next season. You just you add the Nets into the mix with Kyrie and KD, uh, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. You're talking depth all over the place, which is why they don't really have that many holes. I mean, they have 
two of the best players in the league. So they're a title contending team, bottom line. They can win it. They can, I can see them. I mean, they might end up being like a, like a, might end up being like a three, four, three to five range next season. Cause it might take them a while to gel. Their their regular season seeding seed might be might not be among at the top, but come playoff time they're gonna be playing like a top seeded team and too early for predictions on who's gonna win, but they're gonna be there. They're gonna I will say they will be in the Eastern Conference Finals next year versus. Oh, we don't even know what their roster is. That's bold. Hey, they have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That much they that much we know. Two uh, champions. Eastern Conference Finals next year for them. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, they could, like I said, they can win the whole thing. So, any final thoughts? Uh, nope. I think we got it. All right. So we're gonna keep rolling with this series, and then hopefully have some uh, NBA prospect profiles if we can find time to slip that in with all these episodes that we're gonna have over the next few weeks here. Twenty-four so. hours straight. I think that's what we should do. <laughs> Twenty-four hours straight of NBA content. <laughs> content we'll just, we'll, instead of doing pods let's do a 24-hour live stream of an nba draft special 24-hour live stream just talking about prospects the top 100 prospects in the draft will go over but we have uh, lots of content coming out yep. for the nba in the next few weeks obviously we're in the middle of the playoffs right now too and we've been going live recapping those games so make sure you check that out in the fantasy hotspot. and i mention every time we had lots of conversation going there keep that going Make sure you subscribe to the Fantasy Mafia on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts and get a notification anytime any NBA, MLB, or NFL content goes up. So we're releasing at least one pod every single day. So lots to look forward to for you guys. Lots to look forward to for us recording it. So we always appreciate all the support. And uh, if you have any comments, as always, feel free to leave them. But if not, we will see you guys next time. Yeah.